AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH. Solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by Grounded. Spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. The soy complex went on the defensive today. That pulled corn to the downside. Spring wheat had to follow the corn market to lower levels, but concern over the crop brought that winter wheat contract to the upside. Live cattle were mixed. Feeder cattle took advantage of the lower corn prices. And lean hogs, I mean, come on. What do you really think happened there? Yeah, most contracts lower on the day. Live from the slow drag lower. Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk this afternoon. We'll talk with Terry Lynn from the Lynn Group right after the news. Varsity Joe Vaklovic from Standard Grain. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. And now, welcome the quick-witted host of AgriTalk, Chef Flory. Davis Michelson, thank you very much, buddy. How are you? Bro, was that off the cuff? Uh, what do you mean? Wait, were, you not, just, I, were you just ripping t- for the open? I've got, a, I've, got, I've got a t-shirt on. I've got a t-shirt on. That's, I don't have any cuffs. I don't know what you're talking about. That's not what I meant at all, and I think oh. you know that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> sometimes think, sometimes you just got to make it up as you go. You know what I mean? Suddenly you've got a case of the modesties. Come on, brah. Live Fantastic. radio. Impressive. Live action, baby. Live yep. action. Live radio. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're putting the live in live. You know, and huh? the thing is, is as hard as you want to wish that oh come on just give me another 30 seconds yeah that doesn't happen it does not you don't happen. get to have them no no no, no. It, can i tell you uh, something weird the bells ring something. one way or another long time listeners here's a little easter egg for you a little uh little peek up the skirt here at the handsome Ooh. newsman uh i always say i'm handsome uh, newsman davis michelson now usually like welcome the host or here's the host of agritalk chip flory i always write out that sentence and as I'm writing it, I think yeah. to myself, after what eight and a half years? Is it nine years now? We're dude, coming. Up. Is it nine? Dude, dude, I can't believe you ruined it. I was gonna surprise you with our with a happy anniversary on Friday. Oh no! See, after I'm what? Be a commodity. I'm gonna be eight a commodity a classic, but it yeah. is our ninth anniversary. Wow! On Friday, no yeah. kidding for the, for the afternoon show. Yes. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So well, we've see, been together is, for five years in the morning now. This is one of the side effects of sharing because I've yeah. I've felt a disturbance, you know, in the neural yep. pathways. Right. That's right. what it was. What am That's I going to say next? You can't say that on the radio, dude. Come on. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. Let's just go ahead and get to the news. <laughs> Chip, after yesterday's sell-off, May hard red winter wheat futures opened slightly higher, fell through support at Monday's low, then recovered to trade higher. Chart watchers say the recovery from lower levels suggests the latest wave of selling may have come to an end. Supporting the recovery was an update to the Kansas wheat crop condition ratings. HRW in that state is now rated 17% good to excellent. Jeez, down two points from the previous week. Price strength was limited by reports of progress on talks to continue the grain deal, allowing for exports of Ukrainian grain from the Black Sea region. May HRW wheat futures one and one half cents higher, seven ninety nine and one quarter. May SRW wheat firmed two and three quarter cents to six ninety eight. May spring wheat closed at eight fifty two and three quarters, 
down a dime on the day. Yeah. The sorry about that. The Kansas crop, the Kansas crop deteriorated a bit. The Oklahoma crop actually improved just a touch. But when we're talking about the HRW crop, Kansas is the big dog in the race. Well, traders are looking for 22-23 corn ending stocks to be estimated at 1.308 billion bushels up, 41 million bushels from last month. The corn market may have also been put on the defensive by the U.S. request for a formal trade dispute settlement regarding Mexico's decision to ban imports of GMO Mm. corn. Traders are also still trying to assess damage to the Argentine corn crop. Pro-farmer crop consultant Dr. Michael Cordonier of Soy and Corn Advisor put his Argentine corn crop estimate another 1 million metric tons to 40 million. He left his Brazilian corn crop unchanged last week at 121 million metric tons. May corn futures posted a high range opened, a low range close, and stayed inside a narrow trading range. May corn futures two and three quarter cents lower, 634 over a quarter. July corn down three cents, 622 and a half. December corn futures closed at 567, down three cents on the day. More cuts to that RG crop, Chip. Yeah. Um, the, the corn crop is one thing, and. I, I I don't know if they can cut that crop expectation anymore at this point. Uh, the bean crop, I think they can. Um, but you know what? We'll talk to Terry about that coming up here in the next segment. Well, Chip, Dr. C cut his Argentine bean crop estimate, 1 million metric tons, dropping the peg to 31 million. He left his Brazilian bean crop estimate unchanged at 151 million metric tons. In tomorrow's USDA supply and demand report from USDA, traders are looking for bean carryover of 220 million bushels, down 5 million bushels from last month. Traders noted hefty pressure on bean oil as a source of pressure on bean prices today. May bean futures posted an inside trading day with a high range open at a low range close. That leaves support at Monday's low and resistance at Monday's high. May beans 13 and one half cents lower, 15, 15 and one half. July beans down 12 cents, 15.04 and three quarters. November beans closed at 13.73 and one half down five and three quarter cents. Crude oil futures more than three bucks a barrel lower today. I think that pulled the bean oil down and, and weight on the rest of the soy complex. Well, cotton futures fell through support at last week's low. December cotton 161 points lower at 83.53. Looks like we've got varsity Joe Vaklovic from Standard Grain on the line. Chip, should we jump over there? You bet. Let's get him in here. Joe Vaklovic, Standard Grain. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, Chip. How are you? I'm okay. So what you what did you hear from the market today? What what signals did you take? I think some of what happened today had to do with these comments from Jerome Powell. Yep. Uh, they're talking about speeding up interest rate increases. Uh, they think that they haven't done enough to tame inflation. Uh, the Dow Jones is down like 550 points as we speak here. Crude's down three bucks. Gold's down 35. Um, if you think about that crude oil, bean oil tie, I mean, it's it's not a make all be all for the grain markets, but it's not positive either. Yeah, uh, boy, when you and I, I know, I know, don't just look at the dollar index when we're looking at value of the dollar. You got to look at it against the competing currencies, but. The dollar index really shot to the upside when Powell started talking today. I mean, it didn't waste any time at all. Yeah, and th- and that's what happens when when we think we're going to have higher U.S. interest rates. I mean, our currency just gets stronger versus everybody else's. Um, we do have a report tomorrow. I I have a hard time seeing 
anything that could be a surprise. I think USDA is going to slow play Argentina. I, I think no matter what the number is, the trade's going to think it should probably be lower. Um, if anything, I'm probably more interested in their demand estimates on the U.S. balance sheets, you know, like that corn export number, the corn ethanol number, you know, things along those lines. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's time for them to start working to, to fine-tune those just a bit more. Anything from the livestock trade specifically, why the April hogs performed the way they did today? Any ideas? No, I, I don't have any ideas on that. That's interesting stuff. Uh, the yeah. cattle market's incredible. I mean, you get these little pullbacks, but yeah. it, it, the the rally there has been so orderly. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people said, oh, it's getting it's getting toppy or whatever. I mean, it doesn't look toppy to me. Not it's, it's been pretty orderly. It'll get toppy when you, you have that string of two or three days where you're up, you know, two, three bucks. And we, we haven't had anything like that, really. No, no, just a slow and steady grind to the upside. Yeah, Joe, good really stuff. Is. Good stuff, buddy. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you later. See you, Chip. Bye. Yep, Joe Vaklovic, Standard Grain. Coming up next, uh, what signals did Terry Lynn from the Lynn Group hear from the markets today? We'll get into that next here on AgriTalk. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car, steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. I don't know what you're thinking! So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. All right. Well, I wanted to hear you win some, you lose some. Oh. It happens. Yeah, yeah. You know? Anyway, welcome back. I'm Chip. That's Davis. We're going to get to a conversation with... Um, Terry Lynn from the Lynn Group here in just a moment. First, let's go ahead and go over that livestock news. Well, Chip, it looks like we've got front month live cattle futures posting an inside trading day and trading on both sides of 166. April fat cattle, 12 and a half cents lower, 165.97 and one half. June fats, 45 cents lower, 160.55. April feeders, seven and one half cents higher, 198.67 and one half. And on your snout side, April lean hog futures left back month futures in the dust and rallied after spiking to a new for the move low. April hogs 132 and a half higher, 84.80. June hogs 55 cents lower, $100, seven and one half cents. Neither of those contracts seems to know what they're doing at all. <laughs> That's right. Like at all. That's, well, I, it's that time of the year where we should be anticipating some kind of a seasonal rally in the hogs. But that cash market, the lean, lean hog index, uh, 
you know what? We'll we'll talk more about it at the end of the show. It, we should we should get some info out there on that. Uh, one thing on the on on the cattle side of things, a little bit lower today. The heavyweight choice box beef uh, values were down fifty six cents. The select up three cents, but the the choice down fifty six cents. And I think it's been a while since that since the cattle market had to look at a lower boxed beef price hmm. than what we had the day before. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think the uh, the afternoon report is out yet. Uh, but when it is, I'll make sure that you get an update there on what's going on in the box beef. All right, Terry Lynn, the Lynn Group is our guest analyst today. How you doing, Terry? Hey, Chip, doing great. Thanks. Good. I'm glad you're here, man. Um, the uh, wait, let, let's just start with the same thing that I asked Joe Vaklovic. What's what messages? What signals are you taking from today's market action? Well, today you had a, a pretty big influence, of course, from the currency action where we are trading the dollar index. I think we're four and a half percent off the low from last month. And so of a day, that's not necessarily a determining factor. But I think when you're looking at the trends of the currency and what impacts that's going to have in terms of our our, our export competitiveness, uh, that can be a big, big picture item. Um, today, though, you know, if you're looking at the beans and the bean oil market, it's hard to really pin that on the dollar other than maybe the influence that it had on the crude oil market yeah. uh, because U.S. soybean exports, you know, our, our season's pretty much already run its course. We're 90% uh, sold or shipped of our bean program for the year, and we, we're six months in. Um, bean oil, we don't uh, export any more bean oil these days because of our, our big premiums for renewable. So uh, the dollar index, uh, I would probably look more at uh, corn, where we are competitive uh, to the world, to the Far East, uh, to wheat, uh, where we're not really competitive, to cotton, which is going to have an impact there. So uh, dollar was a factor here today, and uh, some some uh, trades, particularly in the bean oil market, that uh, stood out here as uh, we see the oil share, that uh, the relationship to meal and oil has fallen to a two-year low. And so the entire rally of that relationship over the past two years, which was predicated on the renewable biodiesel story, uh, we have erased that. And the reason is because of meal. Uh, But uh, from day to day, when you see the oil share spreading from one side to the other, sometimes it can be a little bit hard to determine. But in the big picture, it's because of the meal market. Absolutely. Uh, You you said corn competitive with the rest of the world. That's a fairly recent development and i th- i think you're talking about corn out of the uh, the u.s pacific northwest into asia is that right yes um okay and even out of the gulf uh, corn is competitive oh. but but okay. right now uh it's uh, it's a better uh a better trade off the pnw particularly if uh, you know you're trying to uh, speed up uh, delivery timings uh, to, to China in particular that uh, they would prefer to uh, purchase the corn off the PNW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the the impact on the currency comments from the, the Powell testimony, d- did, did Powell say anything that really surprised you, though, Terry? I don't know that it was a surprise. I think that we have been watching the economic and jobs data and uh, showing some resiliency here that uh, really does justify a more hawkish stance by the Fed. We know from history that inflation is very quick to spike higher and uh, can be very sticky and take a long time to erode. 
And uh, we've seen in the past uh, where they have been too quick to uh, ease the monetary conditions and see inflation come just roaring back. And so uh, they're going to uh, keep the pedal on the metal, it seems, and uh, until they get some more verifiable concrete results. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Let's 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 change gears here just a, a bit. We might have to come back to the the economy and, and influence on commodities later. But for now, let's go to Argentina because these bean crop estimates, Terry, some of them are falling through 30 million metric tons. Do you think that that, that is factored into prices? I think it is, Chip, and there's a reason why that is. I think that, that these falling production estimates continue to support the meal market and the bean market and the corn market to a certain degree. Um, but the market also knows that we've got Brazil that's uh, coming in with a mega crop right behind it. Uh, that crop is 44% harvested and they can more than offset the losses out of Argentina. So we've got a meal problem, no doubt about it, but that is a solvable problem because we have plenty of soybean supply in the world. It's just a factor of getting it to where it needs to be. Okay. Okay. Um, old crop beans, old crop beans, it, up until this last push above 15 bucks. Prior to that, we'd spike 15 bucks, trade up there for a couple of days, and then set back. Now, all of a sudden, the old crop market is acting like maybe it belongs above 15 bucks. Do you think that's right? I think that out of respect for the the Argentine crop, which you know we are not at a final crop estimate yet. We continue to slide, and there's uh, likelihood that we're going to see further cuts, uh, the private estimates that are kind of coalescing in the low 30s, 30 million tons, you're hearing some sub 30 estimates. Uh, but you look at the crop ratings there, and you know, it's a crop that's rated 2% good to excellent, and it's rated 60% poor to very poor. And with the weather, uh, you've got some areas that are going to continue to deteriorate, you've got some areas that may get some help on particularly on later planted crops. Uh, but you've got a lot of crop that's just uh, too far gone to really help much at this point. So uh, I think that what we've seen here with old crop bean values, we've been in a trading range for two plus months where you know you get up and challenging kind of 1540, 1545 and, and can't extend the rallies. But on the same token, we continue to find support as you get down around 1480. And so it's been a range bound trade, really. It's a 60s cent type of range bound trade. But uh, until we start to get more comfortable with what that final crop is going to look like mm -hmm. and start to focus more on, on the Brazilian crop and what that means for the big picture, uh, we may very well continue to bounce around here a little bit longer. But we're also getting late in the uh, in the crop season down there. Yeah. You've got yep. uh, early bean harvest that's going to be starting up in the coming weeks. And so uh, we are probably approaching that point here where the market's going to say, okay, we've got X amount of tonnage coming out of Argentina. Brazil's going to have to export X amount of tonnage to offset that. And then what's the year over year increase in supply. And it's still, it's, it's still a big year over year increase. So even with Argentina's issues. Yeah. Okay. So are the South American bean crop estimates, are those the first things that you're looking at tomorrow morning when we get the report? Oh, I mean, it's going to be hard not to look for those, but I think yeah. that it's the crop report as far as the Southern Hemisphere estimates is probably unlikely to catch anybody by surprise. Right, it's probably right. going to be a, uh, okay, uh, they take three or four million tons off of the crop uh, for corn and beans and, um, okay, we'll look to see how much they take off next time around.
Okay. All right. Uh, you mentioned this very briefly just a bit ago, and I want to get your take on this quickly. Uh, the the bean oil story here in the U.S. with the bio-based diesel and the renewable diesel. Do you buy into the story? I do. Uh, it, it's it, it's a real story. It's legitimate. Uh, but the story was, so to say, wounded. Uh, if you go back to late November, where well, you had the uh, renewable uh, mandate volume obligations volumes leaked and then kind of confirmed uh, they're not a f- finalized yet. But uh, ever since then, you go back and you could see that's when the bean oil market kind of changed stripes a little bit. And you still do have this program coming and you still have uh, increases year over year that uh, are in front of us. Uh, but uh, without the uh, the volumes that uh, the, the bulls were looking for, uh, you've seen the funds and, and some other large speculative positions come out of the market and in their place, they've focused on the long side of meal instead. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. We are in the middle of a conversation with Terry Lynn, one that's going by very quickly here uh, with the Lynn Group. Uh, when we come back, Terry, I'm curious in what you think and how you think corn soybean markets might trade over the next four months kind of get us to the fourth of july and then of course what to do about it do you lay the risk off do you carry the risk what do you do we'll talk about it next on agritalk go on the offensive against weeds with antares complete from helena antares complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses with a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Crop stress continued in Argentina last week. Dr. Michael Cordonier cut his Argentine soybean and corn crop estimates, but left his Brazilian crop estimates unchanged. Cargill says rising grain exports from Ukraine are sparking optimism a deal to keep ships sailing via the Black Sea will be renewed. China imported 16.1% more soybeans during the first two months of this year compared to the same period last year. Overall, however, China's exports and imports Both declined during the period. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York says global supply chains have returned to normal. The Biden administration is stepping up scrutiny of competition in the seed industry and meat, poultry or eggs labeled as a U.S. product must come from the U.S. This under a proposed Biden administration rule from yesterday. News of note taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. Try ProFarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Our name says it all. AgriTalk. What more do you need to know? Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Jeff. Glad that you're with us this afternoon. Terry Lynn is our guest analyst. 
Uh, before we get back to Terry, go ahead and recap where the markets closed. Davis? Chip May, hard red winter wheat futures were one and one half cents higher for a SAS close at seven ninety nine and one quarter. May soft red wheat firmed two and three quarter cents to six ninety eight. May corn futures two and three quarter cents lower, six thirty four and one quarter. December corn futures closed at five sixty seven, down three cents today. May soybean futures thirteen and one half cents lower at fifteen fifteen and one half. Novi beans closed at thirteen seventy three and one half. Down five and three quarters. December cotton, 161 points lower, 83.53. Livestocks, April fat cattle, 12 and one half cents lower at 165.97 and one half. April feeder futures, seven and one half cents higher, 198.67 and one half. And April lean hog futures, $1.32 and one half cents higher, 84.80. That's your quick market recap. Back to you, Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Terry Lynn from the Lynn Group is our guest analyst today. Terry, I should have looked closer at my notes before I said that at the sign-off. There's a lot more that I got on my list of things that I wanted to cover with you uh, before we wrap up. Uh, the grain deal uh, between Russia, the U.N., Turkey, Ukraine, that allows for the export of Ukrainian grain out of the Black Sea expires on March 18. What Putin decides on this is is going to have a big impact on the supplies for the next few months. How do you factor that into corn and wheat? I think the grain corridor extension is likely to be uh, agreed upon. Okay. And whether what kind of concessions Putin gets out of a, a, an extension, who knows. But it would just be uh, against his interest to not allow grain to flow out of the Black Sea. The, the world would be... Uh, very displeased and take further actions that uh, I don't think he's interested in going down that road. I could be wrong, but uh, when this deal came up uh, for renewal the last time, there was a lot of rhetoric and talk about it uh, not being extended, but at the end of the day, uh, it was, and I think that's going to be the case again here this time. Man, enough three-month periods go by and, and renegotiating the the deal. Pretty soon, there's not going to be any sanctions left. I mean, is Russia going to get more oil, more energy? Uh, revenue out of this, more fertilizer revenue out of this. What what is he shooting for? Well, I think he's shooting for all That's the above and uh, just trying to get any sanctions lifted that he possibly can. He's doing anything he can to to fund his war. And at the moment, uh, he's unloading very cheap uh, wheat to the world and uh, and cheap energy. And he's got uh, plenty of interested buyers that uh, don't really concern themselves with our sanctions. Okay. All right, uh, another issue here that we are dealing with, the Mexican GMO corn deal. Is that just a distraction for the futures market, or is there something that you think it deserves your attention? Well, on the surface, if you're talking about Mexico changing their buying habits for U.S. corn, it's a big deal, but uh, contacts that... Uh, talk to us, say that it is more political posturing and uh, no major changes are likely to come of it. Keep in mind, you also have the breakdown of corn for human consumption versus corn for livestock feed. And so uh, Mexico is not going to be able to go to the world and, and replace our corn with uh, uh, non-GMO varieties entirely also. So I think that uh, they'll sit down and they'll iron things out. And at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot of bluster. Okay. Uh, 
when you look at what's going on in Europe with the the Dutch farmers protesting, the ESG movement in full gear, the movement to green energy, the movement away from fertilizers and so on. When you think further into the future, how much of an impact does that have on your long-term outlook for the industry? Well, I, I read about the Dutch farmers and I just kind of scratch my head, Chip. I just don't really understand uh, that uh, how these policies make sense in the big picture. Um, I think that uh, there's a whole movement uh, that uh, is pushing some uh, aggressive uh, movements in one direction in terms of uh, clean energy, which I think everybody is for, but at the sacrifice of some more reliable and realistic policies to maybe stair-step our way to that direction. You know, Terry, one thing that amazes me about the movement in Europe is there are, now it's fewer and fewer, granted, fewer and fewer but there are still people in leadership position in europe that remember what it was like to be starving not just hungry to be starving and they are allowing well you know what i shouldn't say that they're allowing it because i don't know i don't know but they're not that far removed from starvation terry yet they are they are willingly threatening their their own production it just kind of freaks me out a little bit no, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, and I don't know how that all ends up, but uh, I certainly uh, have a hard time making sense of it all. Yeah, okay. Commitment to traders data. We've been missing it for a while here. <laughs> when, when, when we get a full update, what might it look like, and what kind of an impact might it have? Well, yes, uh, the CFTC has said that they plan on getting fully caught up by the middle of March. And so that's, you know, you're talking a week out or so. Mm-hmm. And I think if you go back and look at, I think it was – three, four years ago, maybe five years when we had the disruption from the government shutdown, uh, they came out and released uh, several weeks worth of uh, data uh, simultaneously in separate reports. And I think that's what this one will look like as well. But it's it's a disservice. Uh, It's unfortunate that uh, the industry is left without a full transparent view of uh, market positions. And I understand this was not the CFT's CFTC's fault, but it does bring us back to a very familiar conversation about why they are always behind in reporting this data where everything should be accessible and pretty pretty current and transparent, but that's not how the program is set up today. Yeah. Okay, so even when it's not disrupted, how do you use that data? Well, looking at uh, fund positions, it's it's a backward-looking exercise and that I think the best use of that is kind of trying to discern the trends of the money flows in the various markets. I think that's where you see uh, you get the most benefit as far as uh, which direction funds are going. If they're moving several weeks in, in one direction, yeah, you, okay, money flows are coming into this market or out of this market. And I think that can help you as far as your timing in terms of entering or exiting positions is that uh, you you tend to want to go with the flow, if, if, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and it, it tells you how many people are leaning on one side of the canoe. If, if you got mm-hmm. too many on, on the short side of the market, you need to start anticipating some kind of a reversal and and, Absolutely. And, that's that's yeah. always a red flag that you're looking for as well, where you've got a record position or close to it. And um, you know, I think that there's a couple of markets that you could look at uh, here today, well, you know, the, the soybean meal market in particular, which uh, we estimate to be at a record long position today. Right. Um, and then you get the other extremes, uh, a big fun short position entrenched in the wheat market as well. Yeah. So that's yep. something uh, that uh, has to uh, be a factor into uh, your, your risk management ideas. Yeah. See, 
I, 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 the, the nagging thought in my head is this wheat market isn't going to break until we get that commitment to traders report because people want to see just how short the funds might be in there before they make any commitments, any additional commitments on the short side of the market. Make sense? Yes, I think that's okay. definitely a factor that uh, okay. uh, the uncertainty kind of reduces uh, some of the trade. And I think we've seen that with some of the lighter trade volumes of late. And, uh, you know, we had this uh, significant uh, fund outflow in the markets mm -hmm. at the end of February also. And uh, we're left wondering how much uh, did they liquidate uh, their long positions going into the end of the month there. And right. they've since replaced a good portion of that. Uh, but we uh, are at best uh, guessing where they stand in the market here today. Okay. All right. So if you had to do some future charting, what might that chart look like for corn and soybeans? Kind of take us up to the, the 4th of July. Sure. I think that uh, as you're looking at the market, uh, the, the, the way this is likely to play out, and keep in mind, we've had seems like more than our fair share of black swans in recent years, so anything can change. But we're going to uh, get comfortable with the Southern Hemisphere production ideas. Uh, we're going to see that, uh, yes, Argentina had issues, but uh, yes, Brazil is going to more than offset that. Uh, that's going to, uh, I think, as you get comfortable with that idea, open up a little bit more downside risk, which will take us uh, into the uh, U.S. growing season. And we always have some thrills in terms of weather and whether it's planting or, or hot and dry. But uh, you also have to keep in mind that uh, this is a year where we are in the process of saying adios to La Nina, uh, moving into a more neutral uh, weather pattern here. And there's the potential to move into an El Nino at some point this summer that would historically tend to be supportive for Northern Hemisphere crop potential. And so if you're a producer, First of all, if you've got your inputs already bought from the fall, uh, you, you better have your uh, a good portion of your crop marketed or hedged. Uh, if you're not, uh, you should be looking at these prices and uh, as historically elevated mm -hmm. and taking advantage of that, uh, particularly on strength. And so I think that as we move into the U.S. growing season, that uh, that downside risk is going to further expand. And so I, I see that uh, unless you run into a, a weather problem here this summer, that uh, over time we should see these elevated prices deteriorate. Okay. Right. So get some protection in place, boy, especially if it pencils out to a positive on the on your balance sheet right now, even with the planting the most expensive corn crop we've ever planted. If that, it's a positive right. there, it, take advantage of it. Terry, you're yeah. one of the best at connecting the dots, man. I enjoy so much talking with you. Well, I always appreciate to be here, Chip. I appreciate the opportunity. Excellent. Thank you so much. That's Terry Thank Lynn you. from the Lynn Group. Um, boy, just logic. It, Davis is what that feels like that whole conversation it's just here's the situation here's what it means let's move on I love it I love it we're going to try to do a little bit more of that when we come back um, we'll see what Davis pulled from that conversation with Terry and, and what he wants to talk about coming up next here on AgriTalk From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. If the world is your oyster... We've got pearls of wisdom on Agritalk. And welcome back to Agritalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson, with Chip Flory, of course. I mean, what would I do with if Chip wasn't here? It'd be, it'd be just some guy, you know? Maybe we should find out. What? Maybe we should find out. I, I, I'm not ready for this kind of pressure. Come on, that's happened before. Which... You know, great segue. Let's figure out what's going to be going on here. Tomorrow's a travel day for me, but Davis is going to keep the conversation going. You're headed for um, sunny Orlando, FLA, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. You and know, Tom Petty's classic. from Florida, yes. born in Gainesville. Tom Petty. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Wow. Yep. Florida man, right there. You know what? Tom Petty's a good Florida man. Yeah. 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 That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much. All right. Thursday noon. If you are in Orlando and on the trade show floor, come on by the Maristem booth. We will be recording a uh, uh, a show that will air next week at the Maristem booth at noon Eastern on Thursday. And then we're going to do the PM show live from the Helena booth. So mm-hmm. please come on over there. I mean, we've got Steve Nicholson. We've got Rick Brock and mm-hmm. we've got uh, Brian Doherty. All yeah. three are going to be on the same show. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. And then Friday noon, again, we'll be recording a show that will air the following week. That will be at the BASF booth. Would love to see you stop by there for a conversation. And then we've got something a little bit different planned with New Holland, but they are the sponsor of Friday afternoon's PM AgriTalk from down there, which, as I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. will be... Our ninth anniversary. Our ninth anniversary is—is is that like? Is that anything special in the book, the anniversary book? Um, nine, nine. I don't know if it is. I think. I think the answer to that is nine. 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 Is yeah. it no? It's in the name. It's in the right. name. Yeah. I'm Google it. <laughs> um, so good. I'm really looking forward to it. And of course, of course, uh, if you'd like to get in a few conversations, I've. I am going to be at the Early Riser session on Friday morning. Uh, Tyne Morgan will be recording the U.S. Farm Report panel. Arlen Suderman, Mike North, um, uh, Chip Nellinger is going to be there. I should mention, you know, we've got Kevin McNew is going to be on with us. It's it, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of fun while we're down there and talk to a bunch of people. So looking Excellent. forward to it. The uh, traditional ninth anniversary gift is pottery. 
<laughs> made of clay pottery is okay. carefully molded into something of great beauty and lasting presence a modern alternative oh would be would be leather a strong <laughs> durable and enduring material that can also be quite flexible and only gets better with age strong durable enduring quite flexible better with age i think they're describing us i think i dude i'm gonna send you a new wallet or something to oh. celebrate I, I need just have that. to. <laughs> <laughs> stuff it, stuff it with singles, and make me a uh, double my wealth, would you? <laughs> I appreciate that. All righty. Appreciate that. Um, a very logical approach. Um, yeah. From uh, from Terry Lynn of the Lynn Group. Now, okay, clarify this for me. Okay. Clarify this for me if you would <laughs> yeah is did he i i think he more than implied if i heard it correctly the biodiesel premium is out of the soybean market are we not it, excited about that anymore no we he said it is real but it's a timing issue is basically what he was saying okay it, it it's uh there are there is time for that trade to happen several times okay several okay. times before okay we actually see a big ramp up in U.S. soybean crush and the conversion of significant amounts of soybean oil to renewable diesel. It's happening. Okay. It is happening, but it's a timing issue. You know, Davis, the the crush plant here at Shell Rock is taking beans. They're crushing. Mm. Okay, that's a brand new plant. This is one that people, when it was first announced, said, yeah, but, well... Take your yeah buttle and go on home because yeah. they're crushing beans. The same thing is happening. I mean, these plants are being built. It's just a matter of time. Well, that's good. So, in other words, there was an initial wave. Hey, this might be a thing. Yeah, we're excited. Excitement yeah. fades. Then, hey, this is how this could actually happen. Yeah, Here we're excited. Excitement right. fades. Hey, they're yep. building plants now. Yeah, we're okay. I see what yep. you're saying. All right. Yep. So maybe a bit of a lull. Yeah, yeah. And hey, you know what? <laughs> I think it's a, I shouldn't say that it's a good thing that it is happening, but I do know this. It, it, there's there's an attitude out there that, well, hey, if they're turning bean oil into renewable diesel, refiners don't care what the product costs. They're going to pay whatever they have to pay for it. Yeah. So that they can get get the raw product to refine to the renewable diesel. Eh, I, I I hear that there's a lot of resistance, a lot of resistance to paying over that sixty six, sixty seven cents a pound for bean oil. Mm. Here we are. We've got the May contract after today's sharp losses. May contract at fifty eight sixty six today. There's an opportunity to get long. And, and hedge some anticipated needs out into the future for these refiners. Hopefully, hopefully they're stepping up and doing that. The other thing, the other thing is if you make the investment in the ref, in the crush facility to begin with, in exchange of of that investment, you're getting the bean oil. So they're huh, kind of paying for some of it in advance. I was a little critical of the the hog market today. The spreads, yeah. it looked weird. April hogs up 132 and a half today. 
June up 55, or June 55 cents lower. Lower. I looked at yesterday's. Yesterday's the April contract a buck seven and a half lower. So it, right. So basically, we gained thirty cents today on yesterday. Uh, June hogs were steady yesterday, yeah. so that adds up to all of a seven and a half cent swing. Right. It it, it looked math. like a lot on paper, and it seems like a weird thing, but maybe it's okay. Yeah. All right. National Weather Service six to ten day March thirteenth through the seventeenth. Below normal temperatures across most of the country. The southwest is the exception. Above normal precipitation from the Mississippi River to the west. And eastern Corn Belt, Indiana, Ohio, looking at below normal precipitation. Davis has got the conversation going tomorrow morning. Jim Minter from Purdue University.